Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy. Been with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today, like I say in every episode, we've got a great show for you. We've got Susan Hickman coming on. She's doing some great things out there. And we're excited, we're excited to talk about some of her life and a little bit of music and have her perform a song for us. So, so Susan, how are you doing today? I'm wonderful. Thank you guys for having me. I'm excited. Oh, we are too. Thank yeah. you for being here. <laughs> So I always like to start the show out the same way this year, because as you know, crazy year. And hopefully next year I won't have to start it no more. Oh, hopefully not. Yeah. <laughs> but how has COVID affected you musically? And what do you and what have you done to kind of maneuver through that? Um, it's been interesting to say the least. I mean, I think I think the takeaway from this year is learning how to branch out and do different things like get your feelers out there learn how to work your music business within um different perimeters i mean mm -hmm. for, the long, for the longest time like you know being a musician if you want to if you want to make money and if you want to earn a living you go out you book shows you create product and you sell you know that kind of thing but yeah learning mm -hmm. how to different avenues like monetize things you know online and um, do more more things online, like these these Zoom concerts and the like. We're booking private right. shows um, through Zoom, which is amazing and very very cool. Um, it's just it's neat to see that this situation forced us to think outside the box. I think. And I think a lot of this, when things do get back to normal, whether it's next year or 2022, that when concerts are in full blown, I think people artists are going to find a way now to still keep the online concerts where they can have the online part with the main concert. So then not only their yeah. local people can attend, but now the world can attend too. Yes. <laughs> right. And I've had so many people tell me, like I have friends and family all over the world that, that have said, we never get to see you perform. So this is, this is great for us. You know, we get to sit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think it's been kind of cool. I mean, I think, um, I've said all along that, you know, this virus has been like a blessing and a curse. There's a lot of things mm -hmm. where we're like, oh, mm -hmm. no, what are we going to do? But then I think that there's more good that has come out of it than the negative, or at least that's how I try to look at it. <clears throat> well, it's like for our show, you know, we launched January 3rd of this year and our original plan was to do a hundred interviews. We thought if we did that, we would probably be further than most hosts their first year, especially starting from scratch, not knowing yeah. what we're doing. And then COVID happens. And I told Sandy, this could be our year to shine. You know, the silver lining for us is, is everything got shut down. So there was no place for artists. And I was like, you know what? We're going to give them that platform. And because of that, we're at like, I think you're 277 interviews. I think that's right. That's amazing. That's incredible. <laughs> It's so for us, it's been a springboard um, for the show. And, and then the crazy part is, in the you know, as we started getting towards the fall and things started getting back to a little bit normal and in some areas, we started having a hard time booking people. And so it was like, OK, what do we how do we fill the gap? You know, since we're getting a lot of turndowns from artists now. And all of a sudden, I came up with this idea that expanded it into an entertainment interview instead of just musically. So now we've had actors on, authors on, athletes on, and on. so so it's, yes. <laughs> so again, we keep having to pivot to try to figure out the best route. And now 
I guess you could say we're an entertainment interview show. That's yeah. great. <laughs> Thank you all. Congratulations. Well, thanks. Oh, thank so you. before we really get started into your story, tell us a little bit about the hobbies you like to do outside of music. Ooh, let's see. Um, <laughs> I love I love bike riding. I love trails. I love um, hiking and all of that kind of stuff. I don't get to do it very often, but I love that. Um, I love skydiving. That's um, been a huge, huge part of my life for six years. Um, I like working out. Well, I I say I like working out. I like doing CrossFit. Um, yeah. yeah. Again, because of my schedule, it's hard to get to classes. Like today, I'm going to try and run and do a class um, right down the road for me, which is going to be fun. But uh, I like doing that kind of stuff. I like being outdoors. So anything I can do right. outdoors is fun. So. So what would you say is something quirky about you? <laughs> Everything. <laughs> People, people that don't know me, they're like, you're so put together. You know, we see you online. You know, you know, you always great. I don't know how in the world I'm faking that, but um, I, I'm all around. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big dork. Um, quirky though, like to pin it down. I don't know if I could pin down one specific uh, thing. I don't know. <laughs> But I'm, I, I love that. I, I have like I I have really dumb like dumb humor and I like I, I, I all of my jokes are dad jokes. Um, yeah, I'm. <laughs> so you know, a lot of people they always ask, "When did you know you wanted to do music?" But I always like to go a little deeper than that. When did it click that this could be a career? What was that moment? That moment was. I can't remember what year it was, but I think I was like 11 or 12 years old. And it was when Leanne Rimes came on the award show and just came out. Mm -hmm. And of course, like I had always like, I, I watched all the award shows. I watched all the Garth Brooks specials. I watched all the things. And like, I would be completely like, I would put myself in that moment and I would pretend mm -hmm. like that was me. But that when yeah. it finally clicked was when she was on that, uh, the CMA awards and my dad made a comment. He was like, that little girl is the most incredible thing that I've ever seen. And I was like, like something like something perked up in my in my brain. I'm like, well, she's only like two years older than me. So if oh, she wow. can. Yeah. So I think <laughs> seeing her at such a young age, she was just like she had just came out like she would. And she was like mesmerizing. So I think that that's when it actually, I think that that's the moment. Yeah. She has my birthday too. Which oh yes. <laughs> what, what's funny is um, it's um, Leanne Rhymes, um, Cassidy Pope and Shania Twain all have the same birthday, August 28th. That's so cool. <laughs> I always thought that was cool that you know, and yes. since we kind of do a lot of music stuff, I was like, okay, that just makes sense. That's pretty cool. <laughs> That's so, who's been some of your musical influences growing up, and who are they now? And have has your taste changed? Um, yes, and my taste has evolved for sure. Um, some of the people that I looked up to. Um, growing up, of course, I still look up to those people, um, like Merle Haggard, golly, he was huge. Mm -hmm. And Garth Brooks, you know, later on, he was, he was huge for me in the, in the respect that he just, he was so entertaining and he, it was all about 
his audience and about bringing them in. Like, like he, he had no, like, of course you have personal fulfillment when you're entertaining mm -hmm. and all but like he did yeah. that for them <clears throat> yes. and he still does that for them. And I think that that is very, very remarkable. Um, Vince Gill is a huge one. Dolly Parton is huge. I just watched her documentary on Netflix last night and it's just incredible. She's just an incredible woman. Um, and to, and to say like, and how it's evolved and all of that. Like I, I listen to people like Sean McConnell and Adam Hood and um, songwriters that, that write about like real life things that happen mm -hmm. every day. And yeah. um, mm -hmm. I, I relate to that because, you know, I've lived in Texas. I was born in Texas, you know, that this is my home. This is um, where I do most of my touring. Um, so I like listening to that kind of stuff, like singer songwriter stuff. And of course I listen to the old school stuff all the time. Um, and then to throw a, a, a complete monkey wrench in there, my, my mom and dad, their influences on me and my dad listened to classic rock. And so I, I grew up like idolizing um, Stevie Nicks and Hart and Aerosmith. And then my mom, she listened to Motown and kind of like oldies type of stuff. So mm -hmm. Lisa Franklin, I had the, the Etta James. I had like, you know, oh, wow. that, that whole mm -hmm. side. Like I, there's not a lot that I don't love to listen to. Like if it's mute, if it's like musically pleasing, I yeah. can definitely respect it for sure. So as you know, a lot of people, they see the <clears throat> glory of a Blake Shelton, um, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles that it takes to become a Blake, a Miranda, a Carrie. And I always want to talk about that side of it because I think it's so important <clears throat> that people jump into this industry or people see it from abroad and they see the glory, but they don't see the grind. And I've always said when on our show, we're going to always talk about that because mm -hmm. I think that how important it is that in this day and time, people just don't realize it. And I'm going to tell a quick story that helped guide us where I want this to go. But back in 2014, we interviewed Alice and Steele from Two Steel Girls. And at that time, they were full time in music. And I'll never forget asking Allison what advice she'd given up and coming artists. And the answer she gave us was, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full time. But if your heart will allow you to do anything outside, if you can see yourself doing something else, go do that and just keep music as a hobby. She goes, because the moment you want it to be a career, your life changes. <clears throat> she said uh, that um, everybody kind of owns a piece of you, whether you like it or not. Um, your friends and relatives never understand because they invite you to weddings, to cookouts, to holidays, to weekends. But when you're in that grind mode, you can't say no to a gig. And you for sure can't cancel a gig once it started. And a lot of times a nine to five job person don't understand that because they're like, well, this is my big day, but you got 50 people on the line over here. So you can't cancel that. And then your family has to sacrifice and all that. But then she added, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of you, if you can't see yourself doing anything else, then go all in. Because the only way that those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's talk about that side of it a little bit. So, yeah, that's the thing that a lot of people don't talk about is the grind. So I I used to mentor a lot of up and coming singing, singer songwriters. And yeah. I wish that I would have had a little bit of the guidance that I was able to kind of give mm -hmm. them, you know, as much as I could. And the fact that 
if this isn't 100% what you want to do in your life, then obviously, you know, I mean, it, it's with anything, but I think with yeah. music, it means that much more because you're, you're selling yourself, you're selling your mm -hmm. whole being, you're selling your thoughts, your dreams, your instrument, your everything that's within you, you're putting out there as a product. Yeah. And mm -hmm. When you do that, if you don't fully comprehend and fully understand, like fully understand what that means, I don't, I don't feel that you can ever get to where you think that you need to be. Mm -hmm. And I have, I, I'm, I'm always torn between the, 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 the two different sides of should I be doing other things besides music? Because if I was able to have maybe a quote unquote stable job, whatever that means. I don't believe that any kind of job that you work for somebody else is stable. That's, yeah. <laughs> but that's not the point. But a lot of people <laughs> think that going and having a regular nine to five or whatever job, that that's stability. And mm. for me, of course, like having the, the, you know, the constant paycheck coming in that could, that could, ha that could pay for a record that could pay for a new video that could pay for, you know, to tour mm. expenses or whatnot. Yeah. But then, yeah then you don't have all of that time that you would be spending over here nurturing somebody yeah. else's dream. Mm -hmm, right. You don't have all that to nurture your own dream, which if you're, if you're a true believer in yourself and your product and what you're putting out there, you should be working a thousand times as hard on yourself than anybody else. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And I, I think it's something that really, really helped me in, in that, you know, coming to that full, realization of like what your potential is. I read this book a couple of years ago called The One Thing. And it talked about, you know, in our society, everybody, you know, everybody talks about multitasking and are you good at it? And, you know, oh, you know, an employer is not going to hire you if you can't multitask. For me, I came to the realization that multitasking is just putting your efforts like 20% here, 30% here. <laughs> You're spreading yourself in a million different directions and you're never fully finishing or you're never fully, yeah. you know, re realizing, you know, this little potential over here or, you know, so I feel what works for me. I know that I am always going to be doing music in some kind of form or capacity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, what it involves into, I don't know, but I know right now I am still able to perform. I am able to play music and make a living at it, which thank God, because I, I do I do all these things every day and I'm so thankful. Um, especially now, you know, with the with the crazy mm -hmm. you know, world that we live in right now. Yeah. I was yeah. Kind of not necessarily pick up where I left off. I mean, I'm doing a lot of different kind of shows that I wouldn't maybe normally be doing, but I mean, yeah. people want me to come and people want to pay me to be there. And yeah. I'm totally <laughs> grateful for that. Um, so I would say, you know, if, if uh, somebody that's coming up and, and trying to make that decision, I mean, obviously do everything that you can to put yourself in a position where you can focus you know, most of your attention on your career. That's what you want to do and where you want to, where you want to end up. <laughs> that's like, even with our show we're you know, we're chasing the same dream y'all are because, yeah. because we're trying to build this platform. And so we do just enough to keep, uh, keep us afloat um, in the evenings to make money mm -hmm. just I enough know. so that we can have all of our time to pour into this, to pour into trying to grow the, the brand, trying to grow the show, 
So, you know, we definitely get where you're coming from on that because it's, you know, I don't care what in the music industry, whether you're in the acting industry, whether you're an athlete trying to be pro, it's all the same. Either you're all in or you're really all out. Right. And it's all about timing, too. You know, there's there's some things that you have to really you have to look at your own personal situation because everybody's yeah. different. I mean, I mean, I've worked. I've worked different kind of jobs over the years. I mean, I've been playing music for 20 years professionally, but there's things that I've done along the way that, you know, will help supplement. Like yeah. it's never, it's never a situation to where like, this is, you made the decision, this is what you have to do and you're going to starve doing it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you like, if you're an ambitious person and you, you, you know how to go out and make money, you can figure out those ways to, to get out there. I mean, I have, I have, I don't, I, I think that it's a blessing and a curse also that like I have an overactive mind. So if <laughs> I something and I'm not, you know, working with my hands and, you know, out there doing something, I feel like I'm stale or stagnant, you know, yeah. um, right. I, I want to make sure that I'm always moving forward. So like, I, I love to learn. I love to put myself through courses, you know, mm -hmm. different like, certificate pro, like something that I'm interested in. If I feel like I have the time to dedicate to it, then I'll, I'll do stuff like that. Um, so, I mean, like during quarantine, when we weren't really doing anything besides working out and hanging out by the pool, <laughs> which um, I created, I, I started an online boutique. And so I, you know, I started picking, you know, my um, picking out like, you know, my favorite kind of fashions and, you know, trying to cultivate something to to put together into that. So like, I mean, there's, there's a million things that people can do to, to supplement income. You just got to be creative with it. Yeah. And I think oh, the best so type great. of supplements too is, if you can, you know, you have this music brand and mm -hmm. and maybe a clothing brand that connects to the music, uh, merch brand, other stuff, you know. So I think that the smart way is to build brands around your main music brand that kind of connects. Now, get granted, if you got to have an outside job, so be it. Go do that. But when you get off, your mind should be 100 percent your music business. Yeah, Definitely. So now that we talked about the sacrifice side a little bit, let's go the other way and talk about the glory side. What are some moments that you look back on your career so far? And I know you got a bunch of them, but with a couple moments that are you're like, wow, I got to do that. Um, I go back to this this same moment all the time. Um, about ten or eleven years ago, I played. Uh, this amazing festival in France. It was the country rendezvous festival. You probably heard of it. Um, they bring in musicians from Texas and Nashville and, and some, sometimes some other places like Kentucky and, and, and places like that, but they bring in, you know, these higher profile acts um, to play in Cropone, France. And, um, you know, we go over there, you know, I toured, you know, I toured Europe a couple of times and we go over there and, and you know we, we get to the festival it was a three-day event we, we we played on the last day um we played right before daryl singletary closed out the show and uh i remember standing on that stage and we're you know we're playing and and then like just all of a sudden like i'm, I'm singing one of my songs wow. and then everybody and yeah. there's thirty thousand people there keep in mind and like as far as i could see they're singing my songs and they barely know english and I, I go back to that moment all the time because I'm like, wow, this is incredible. Like, I wish um, 
I wish I could have just like bottled all of that up. I wish I had, would have had it on a recording or something, but I mean, I still know exactly what it looked like in my mind. And sometimes I guess that's better, you know, because you personal that is only yours. <laughs> but uh, that was one of those moments where I was like, wow, I, I made some kind of impact on all these people and they follow me over the years. And, you know, I hear from them all the time and they're, you know, I still, get tagged in pictures from the, from that show. And, um, even as, even as recent as like two weeks ago. So, I mean, it's, it's incredible. Oh, wow. I think those moments are the ones that you really have to sit back and go, wow, you know, you, you have these moments as an artist that you, you're like, man, what am I doing with my life? You know, <laughs> you know, I've, um, you, you, you have a lot of self-reflection and then you have moments like, yeah. oh, like okay you know <laughs> it keeps you going for sure <clears throat> most definitely um so you've got a song to play for us don't you i do i awesome. do i have a new single out it's called save me and mm -hmm. um, this is one of my tell us a little bit about that and then we're going to make the screen for you and you take yes. the time your time to shine mm -hmm. awesome yeah so it's a it's a song that i wrote gosh it's been almost maybe 10 or 12 years ago, probably closer to 12 and started writing this song and something wasn't quite right about it. So I, I took it to a very good friend of mine. Her name is Connie Mim. She's a songwriter here in the Houston area. And we just kind of, we, we picked apart the, um, the, the verse the second verse and, um, just made it what it is now. So I hope you guys like it as much as I do. Together, hanging on. Should we let it go and just move on? We can't ever work it out, cause we can't ever say who was right and who was wrong. I won't give up, I'll fight for us, I'm reaching out for you to pull me into you, I want you to save me. Tear down these walls. 
Won't you free me from these fears that won't let me go? To my rescue, can't you hear my call? Please don't give up. You gotta fight for us. I'm reaching out for you to pull me into you. I want you to save me. As you know, a lot of people, they see the artists, but they don't see the PR people. They don't see mm -hmm. the managers, the producers, none of that. And I don't feel that they get enough love. So I always said on our show, they're going to get the love that they deserve. So if you want to take a couple minutes and just kind of tell us about the team that make you who you are. So, God, there's been so many over the years. And, you know, to, to not talk about the ones that I started off with um, would be a complete disservice because they yeah. really helped. Me. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, early on, Martha Moore from Nashville, she did some amazing things for me. Um, she was my PR um, gal and um, she made a lot of really cool things happen for me in my life and my career. Um, now I have um, dead. Uh, uh, Dead Horse Branding, they're amazing. Um, they help me out with my website and they're doing all my PR and um, we're working on branding and that kind of stuff right now. They're incredible, they're great. And um, I just started working with them about two months ago. So, um, so far so good for sure. Right. Um, and then as far as radio goes, um, I don't think we <laughs> we have enough time to talk about all the people that have been involved yeah. in, in radio. Um, Specifically, there's a lot of people in Texas radio, um, like the radio programmers. There's some amazing ones that I've worked with over the years. Mm -hmm. Some are no longer with us, which is a shame because they were amazing people. But um, 
huge, huge shout out to Texas Radio. Um, my, my current promoter is Mario Flores um, out of San Antonio and him and his wife, Kara, they have a all-inclusive um, kind of a boutique um, marketing deal that they do. So um, they, they do they do some of my booking. They do, you know, and they, they manage and they work with other artists as well. So, um, but yeah, the, those people are amazing. And of course, you know, the photographers and, and video people that I work with, they don't get enough credit mm -hmm. as well. Um, like Terry Mullen, he's in uh, New Braunfels now, Darwin Macon. He, um, he did my shoot for my my last uh, photo shoot um, and he's doing my new video next week. So mm -hmm. we're shooting a couple mm -hmm. days next week uh, for Save Me. Um, Mandy uh, with Feather Forest, <laughs> she, uh, she did a lot of, she does a lot of really great work and she does a lot of my branding photos and they're incredible. Like she makes me look so good. <laughs> <laughs> like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have that team. Yes, because yes. it definitely takes a village. You know, that's what, something that people don't realize when it comes to artists. You know, you got some artists. I'm going to just do everything myself and they never make it far. You know, and if, if I was to say if I was going to give one piece of advice to um, to artists, like obviously do a lot of you know, do a lot of things yourself because it will save you a lot of money and a lot of stress. Mm -hmm. And, and mm -hmm. it, it does save you time. Um. But once you get to that point to where you can delegate some things out, definitely do that because trying to do all yourself is that's that's been me. Like I've literally done all I've done so much of my career. My like I still do most of my own booking. Yeah. Um, do all of I, I am my own manager. I don't have a manager right now, so um, it's it's interesting, but it's it's also one of those things where I know I could c accomplish so much more if I had those people. It's just like trying to find the right fit. Yeah. Don't say that to the first you know person or first hundred people that come along. You know, you really have to make sure that if you someone is working with you to build your brand and to build your career, it has to be the right people. So. And, you know, speaking of team, we've got a third team co-host. Yes, we do. Our eight-year-old that we always bring on to ask <laughs> one question to each artist. So say yes, going to go I get it. <laughs> And we've got a 20-month-old, which, is, of course, is laying down, taking a nap right now. But yes. a 20-month-old daughter that when she gets older, she'll be plugged into the show, too. <laughs> so exciting. So, you know, we try. We are a family affair show, so we try to involve everybody. In the show. <laughs> Here he comes. Okay. What's her name? <laughs> Here he comes. He's ready. Hi, Susan. Hi. How are you? Aduka, what's your favorite food? Oh, my goodness. My favorite food? <sighs> Probably pasta. Italian food. Like, and I never eat it because I'm trying to actually, like, eat good. <laughs> but... <laughs> If I could eat one thing for the rest of my life, it would be like fettuccine Alfredo. Oh, you love and that, don't you? Yes. What's yours? Pizza. Pizza? Oh my gosh. Pizza's another one. Pizza's so good. I think everything Italian is my favorite. And because we get Little Caesars pizza a lot, I always kind of joke, say, you know what, we should just get a Little Caesars to sponsor us so that he, yeah. he can say Little Caesars pizza. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, thanks. <laughs> yeah, he loves this little part and all that. He does. 
and and probably ninety five percent of the shows he's been in. Yes, he has. That's very cool. I'll include him in that. That's that's huge for him. I think it's important too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, if if a parent can, again, I get it. You know, not all parents can do this, but I think no matter what your career is, you know, the hardest struggle is. When, when you're out there, people are working. Now, we work from home and all that, so we're always together anyway. But for most people, they're out, they're working, and their kids don't understand a lot of times because they miss mommy and daddy. I think it would be different if they can have maybe once a month, bring them to work. And most bosses, I think, in this day and time, would now granted, if they work on assembly line, kind of can't yeah. do that. But most people work jobs that they could bring their kids at least one every now and then. And I think that that would be a big difference in the kid's life where he can see, Oh, this is what mommy and daddy do. Yeah, I agree. I think that that'd be huge. I mean, in building that foundation for, you know, you know, t- teaching, you know, responsibility and accountability and all of that. I think that'd be huge. <clears throat> so if you could co-write with anyone dead or alive, who would it be and why? It would probably be Dolly Parton. Uh, great answer. She's he's, amazing. She's amazing. And she's just one of those people that when she writes, she writes with all that's in her, you know, and you can hear that through her lyrics. Mm-hmm. You hear that oh, through yes. her delivery. And she's just probably one of the smartest business women ever. <laughs> yep, definitely that. And she's had a long career, which is, you know, as you know, very few people make it as long as she has. Yes. Yeah. And with her being a woman, like she's she's seen so much and she's seen how the times have changed in the music industry. I mean, I remember coming up in, uh, you know, on the Texas music scene and I can't tell you how many doors were slammed in my face and how many times I was laughed at and um, how many times that I was just flat out. I I would barely get the sentence out that I was a a country artist and here's my demo. No, we don't have female artists here. And um, oh, I, uh, I think we've come so far and those, those, those staple, those, those women that have been, you know, consistent in the fact that mm-hmm. they don't, like for me, I don't, I don't take no as a no. I take it as a right, not right now. Yeah. And it, you That's know, and I would, I would come back, you know, sometimes, sometimes it'd be a couple months, sometimes it'd be a couple of years. So there's some mm-hmm. that I haven't hit back yet because it still stings, but it's like, yeah. I know, I know my timeline with a lot of those and, and because of that persistence, I mean, there's venues here in, in Texas. Where I literally was the first female to ever play at. And I know that there's handfuls of other women like, um, like Miranda Lambert and Sunny Sweeney and Brie Bagwell and, you know, that are carving out the foundation for our future female artists. And I think that that's really huge. And we definitely get where you're coming from because again, you know, a lot of people always ask us how in the world are we getting some of the artists that we're getting on our show? Cause we had Lee Bryce recently, Colin Ray on the show, Randy Travis. And I think what you were just saying is the persistence. Cause you know, I think I probably get some PR people mad at me because oh, you know, probably does. Yeah. You know, when they say we'll pass, uh-huh. A month later, I'm emailing again. Yeah. We'll pass. A month later, I'm again. emailing again. <laughs> yeah, I remember when we got um, um, one of the artists. I won't say who, but she her her PR person said that um, she's busy. She's booked up for the next two weeks. So guess what I did in two weeks? 
message again. Oh, she's booked up for two weeks. Two weeks again. I, <laughs> so I, so then about a week in, I get an email from that PR person that we just had a spot open, take it or leave it. <laughs> so we got, you know, we got, the and then today we got, you know, I've, I've emailed this person today probably five, six, seven times in the last two months. And she, she has like 5 million fans and she's also, she's also a reality star and artist. And it looks like we're booking her after Thanksgiving. So again, it's been like, it's like, I'm on it, on it, on it. And let's say, tell me, please never mess email again. They're getting another email. I probably, I, like I said, they probably get tired of me. So some of them probably say, you know what? We'll just put these the artists on for you. Because <laughs> we're persistent again. Yeah, and you have to be in the music world. Yes. You have to be because, I mean, I think people's opinions and people's mindset changes on a day-to-day. -day. I mean, heck, mine changes 30 <laughs> times in a day. So yeah. <laughs> where, where, you know, maybe something comes along someone's desk and they're like, eh, not, I mean, but a week, two weeks, a month later, it, they may hear the same exact thing and go, why haven't I heard this? Why haven't, why hasn't nobody <laughs> Right. I mean, that's. And you're like, I've been spending it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's happened to me before several times. Like I remember, <laughs> I remember one of my very dear friends, um, his name was Wynn Patton. He was up in Ardmore, Oklahoma. He was a radio DJ at the country radio station there. And I kid you not, for years, I would go up there on radio tours. And every time that I go through or pass through or I'd be playing in Oklahoma or whatever I was doing, I made a point to stop there and talk to him every single time. And and we, we, crossed, we crossed paths at CRS one year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. About a bit. And maybe nine, nine, eight years ago, something like that. Yeah. We crossed yeah. And he was like, why haven't we really, why haven't I played your music? Your music's really good. <laughs> but he caught a show of mine there. Uh, and mm -hmm. I was like, maybe it just wasn't right at the time. And he said, well, give me whatever you have and I'm going to take it back. And, and then I ended up having to go through a couple of weeks later. So I went up, we went up, we visited, we did a, you know, a, a radio spot and stayed in very close contact. I mean, I talked to him all the time. He was a very dear yeah. friend of mine. He passed away a couple of years ago, unfortunately, but he was amazing. He was, he was one of those. I mean, once he was hooked, he was just, but I think he had to realize like, I wasn't going to go away. I think a lot of, I think a lot of people in the industry, especially with female artists, they think, okay, well, here's another one. And mm -hmm. they're, have one song and then it's not going to go maybe the way that they wanted it to. And then they're going to just drop off because I mean, that yeah. happens male and female, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But I'm like, I'm not short lived at all. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to be in my eighties, God willing, you know, still up here and playing my guitar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, so this past February made the five year anniversary that we asked Kelsey Ballerini where she wanted to be in five years. And I always tell this story before I ask the artist that same question, because I want them to kind of think about this um, because the answer she gave us five years ago is almost identical to what she's living today. So, so she knew where she was going. Nothing was going to stop her. So knowing that, where do you want to be in five years? I want to be in a position where I feel 
not to say that I'm unfinancially stable right now, but I want to be in a position to where I, if I want to go out and create a music video, I don't have to crowdfund or I don't have to um, wait several months at a time to make sure that all my ducks are in a row. Um, I'd like to have a very, very tight team. I would like to be able to get with uh, a, a national booking agency and a manager to help me get to that point. Um, I think that's very important. And of course, just growing everything as it is now, you know, like growing your your online presence and all of that. I want to make sure that that is, is definitely growing so I can then, um, you know, I can, I can turn on mainstream radio and I can hear my song, you know, when I'm driving down the road, um, not just in like the Texas and, you know, smaller country type networks, um, which I am super grateful for those that, I mean, that's my whole foundation and that's what I built my career around. But um, um, just getting to that point and being recognized as uh, a songwriter and the performer that I am. I mean, I've been, I've been performing ever since I was a tiny child. I mean, you know, growing up from church, but then, you know, I, I think my very first live performance, I was 14 years old and yeah. just there just constantly, you know, it's a very, very slow uphill motion, but um, I, I feel just staying consistent and keep climbing that I'm going to get where I want to be. I love that. So let's look 10 years down the road, 15 years down the road. Let's say that you're a success on a grand scale. Whatever that looks like, you're there. And if the person you are today could meet your future successful self, what would you remind her? If my future self could meet me. No, if you now could meet your future successful self, what would you remind her? I tell her to... <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Um, <laughs> I, I tell her thank you for not quitting. <laughs> I, yes, I love, love that. that. Great answer. Yeah, love that answer because that, mm -hmm. that's you know that's one of the hardest things I think in this industry, <clears throat> and because so many people quit, and oh, yes, and I think a lot of times as an artist, mm -hmm. all you got to do is outlast everybody else because that's the <laughs> hardest part and, and you know there, I, I love a story that i heard that kind of goes along with the outlasting thing um we i remember the story that two guys are in the woods and there's a bear pops up and one guy jumps down putting his shoes on and the, and the other guy says um why are you putting your shoes on you can't outrun that bear he's like i don't have to outrun the bear i just gotta outrun you yeah, and, he, that, and that's really what the industry is about. And it's not that you're competing with everybody; you just gotta outlast because not ev not everybody's cut out for this life. And you, as the artist, just has to outlast the people that aren't cut out, so that the cream can rise to the top. I mean, there, there's a lot of truth in that, and there's a lot of truth in the the whole. I mean, I, I believe timing is kind of everything. Mm -hmm. And I think, yes, as, yes. As, as artists, like we we sit back and we talk about like why hasn't this happened in this particular mm -hmm. timeline? Or I I thought I would be so much farther along than I am now, but um, I believe God has a very divine plan for each and every one of us. And mm -hmm. as long as I stay true to myself and to my yeah you know, my vision as, you know, as, as far as, you know, 
keeping on the path and, you know, trying to <laughs> keep my blinders up and just, you know, focus on what I'm trying to do. Um, I believe that, you know, I'll be rewarded in the end. I mean, whatever that scale is. Yeah. It is what and it you is. Know, <laughs> every artist has those moments where they doubt, where they feel like, like you said, is it ever going to happen? Are you enough? Can it work? Are you wasting your time? Every artist goes through and really every person in business goes through those same things, no matter mm -hmm. what business you're in, what career. Um, so when you when you have those days where you're doubting everything. What drives you to get through those? Um, well, I pray about it and uh, open a bottle of wine. <laughs> <laughs> And I and I sit back and I and I realize like all the accomplishments that I've actually had. And you know, I, I look back on emails and I look back on messages and you know it's it all seems so poignant. Like when you're feeling like that, something will happen, like someone will say something like this song changed my life, or like thank you so much for doing what you do. And it's like that turns everything around and it makes me feel so selfish for ever even doubting that. <laughs> <laughs> so as we start to come to a close here, I'll let Sandy ask the last question. Okay. What do you want your legacy to be with your music? What do you want to be known for as an artist? Um, that I was, that I always was real with people. I was always real with my music. Um, I've always tried to be the most authentic person um, because I feel like, I, I try to surround myself with the most authentic people possible. And if I'm not leading the same example, then that's kind of hypocritical. <laughs> <laughs> and you're know, speaking of authentic. I remember when we launched oh, our yeah. show, I, I reached out to a friend in Nashville and asked him what advice he would give us as we start to grow the show. And I'll never forget his answer because he said, the only advice I'd give is be and stay authentic. He said, you could tell every Bobby Bones joke. You could tell every Ty Bentley joke. And he says, you might even be good at it. He says, but the day will come when authentic Chris comes out. And when that day comes, you're going to lose every bit of your audience because they were never attracted to authentic Chris. So if you start and be authentic right from day mm -hmm. one, your show may grow slower, but you'll gain the right audience in the meantime. I feel that a hundred percent. That is so true because, you know, talking about like the scale of things, like you feel that sometimes it doesn't happen fast enough or yeah. mm -hmm. your I mean, looking back, like, I don't think that there's, I don't think there's anything that I would change about how I've progressed or how, how my life has been because everything has happened for reasons. And, you know, there's mm -hmm. so many lessons that have been, you know, realized because of um, things that have happened and some things were utter disasters, but it, it made you aware for next time. If something, you know, was to come along, you're like, Oh, I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely get that. So if you want to tell everybody how they can reach you. Uh, Susan is, uh, is the hub, I guess you can say. Um, I've got music, I've got tour dates, I've got all kinds of inf information there. And then, of course, um, follow me on social media. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter are the ones that I'm most active on. I'm on Snapchat, but I'm, I rarely get on there. Um, 
You can get music on Spotify, Apple Music, um, Amazon Music, Napster, basically anywhere you get your digital music. And then if you come out to a show, I have hard copies and I will also send you one if you are out of the area. So I love uh -huh. that. And, you know, we really enjoyed having you on the show today. We definitely look forward to having you back. Yes, it was great visiting. I'm so glad that y'all are feeling better. <laughs> well, oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs>